0: From NorwestCon, Seattle.
1: Writers not, not writing. writing. You're watching Writers Not Writing. Right. Uh,
0: Live from NorwestCon, you're watching Writers Not Writing. You're watching Writers Not Writing. Live from NorwestCon, you're watching watching Writers Not Writing. No- Live from NorwestCon, this is Writers Not Writing. Live from <laughs> NorwestCon, you're watching
1: Writers Not Writing.
2: Live from NorwestCon, it's Writer's writers, Not Writing. writing. Oh, so great, thank you. So, hello NorwestCon, I've got some questions for you, and if your answer is yes, applaud. First of all, do you like swearing? (laughs) Well, we can't do that, because this is YouTube, so sorry about that. Uh, So, (laughs) we'll have to censor ourselves, or Doug the producer has to bleep things, and that's a pain for him. Okay, everybody ready? Do you like comic books or novels or movies or TV shows or songs with lyrics? There you go. You like things that are created by writers. Uh, Do you like watching people type? Yeah, I I didn't expect much of a plot there. Um, Do you like hearing people telling you about how they came up with the things they type? Some, okay. There are lots of shows about that, but this isn't one of them. Do you ever procrastinate? There we go. Writers do too. So if you ever enjoy a great book or film or show or song or poem and you thought, I'll bet the woman who wrote this epic high fantasy TV series or the guy who wrote this funny queer sci-fi novel or the person who writes this punch you in the gut poetry would be really fun to hang out with. And I'd like to hear them confess their bad not writing habits. You are in the right not writing place. This is Writers Not Writing, the show about how writers procrastinate. Thank you for (laughs) procrastinating with us. We will have time for audience questions and procrastination recommendations later, so start thinking of those ideas. Uh, I'm Benjamin Gorman, and uh, the quiet guy in the back is Doug the producer. Everybody say hi to Doug. Hi, Doug. Uh, I write novels and collections of poetry and stuff. Doug tries his best to make me sound better. From Not-A-Pipe Publishing, welcome to Writers Not Writing. Uh, Viewers and listeners at home, remember you get to take an extra break this week if you hear the secret word, so be listening for that. Today's secret word is...
3: Frogs!
2: Today's guests are Luke Elliott, Miko Azul, Jesse Kwok, Heather S. Ransom, and Casey Dunn. Introduce Miko first. Miko is an international adventurer, an epic high fantasy writer who pretends to be a county employee during weekdays while dreaming up fantastic places to visit or ways to torment her characters. Miko aspires to scuba dive in all the oceans of the world. Everybody say hi to Miko. Jesse Kwok is the author, business, book, ghostwriter, and copywriter, author of a supernatural thriller, two series of space pirate and space mafia sci-fi crime novels, and the productivity guides from chaos to creativity and from big book idea, from big idea to book. Everybody say hi to Jesse. Hi. (laughs)
4: Hi.
2: Heather S. Ransom is a middle school teacher, pizza pub and cigar shop owner, science fiction author of the award-winning young adult Going Green trilogy, and various short stories published in anthologies, director of the Southern Oregon Young Willamette Writers, and believer in the magic of an incredible story. Everybody say hi to Heather. Casey Dunn is a mother farm owner, Neuro Spicy author of Supernatural and Suspense. Everybody say hi to Casey. Hi, Casey. And Luke is the author, podcaster, medium-sized humanoid. Luke has had short fiction published in Reckoning, Metamorphosis, and the Buckman Journal, along with other magazines and podcasts. He is also the co-host of the Ink to Film podcast, which is now, what, 200 and something episodes in?
5: Uh,
2: And that analyzes book-to-film adaptations from a craft-focused perspective in weekly episodes for six years now. Everybody say hi to Luke. Hi, Luke. So the first thing we do here on the show is explain what we are wearing for the sake of the podcast listeners. You can all see this. Of course, everybody on YouTube can see this. But uh, we want to make sure that our our podcast listeners can see this as well. So, Jesse, tell everybody about what you're wearing for your costume.
1: Oh, well, today I'm dressed as Han Solo. I'm very jaunty. I've got the gun, the whole, whole bit going on.
2: Excellent. Very cool. Uh, Heather, how about you? Tell everybody about what you're wearing
4: i am wearing an exact replica of calissa's outfit from my first book going green you'll notice i have on a mini skirt in the exact shade of green of my eyes a scoop neck shirt that shimmers with a beautiful digitally enhanced holographic hexagonal pattern in a variety of gorgeous greens large silver earrings bracelets rings necklace and knee-high
3: boots i look good
2: (laughs) very nice (laughs) casey how about you tell everybody about your costume
3: So I am rocking the Buffy the Vampire Slayer's outfit from the pilot episode, of course. I have also knee-high brown boots, a short, berry-colored skirt, cropped baby blue cardigan over a white tank top. My hair is absolutely blown out to perfection and on point, and uh, my trusty stake is in my purse.
5: Very nice. Luke, how about you? Oh, yeah. I decided I'd wear my screen-accurate replica of the uh, red space suit in 2001 A Space Odyssey today, and, you know, I'll take the helmet off just so I can make sure you can hear me on the mic.
2: Appreciate it, thank you, but the costume is very cool. Uh, Miko,
5: how about you?
0: So, because it's North what, Northwest Con, I thought I could get away with uh, dressing like Raisha, my favorite character in my series, so I am showing off a body... Full of foliage tattoos with a small loincloth breastplate and a couple of strategically placed leather straps. Yes. <laughs> I'm not
2: sure it's comfortable, but it looks very
5: good.
2: Um, you all look amazing. Uh, I've, I've mentioned on the show before, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I like to be respectful uh, and it's Passover and you know, Easter is tomorrow. So I thought about dressing up as Elijah from a Seder Passover. Uh, anybody of Jewish tradition get the joke. So I I, I couldn't do that because I would have to wear a cloak of invisibility. So instead, uh, I went with this, I I wanted to go with a bunny costume and kind of the traditional white with the pink belly, but I just searched pink bunny costume. And I got this one. That's the the one from Legally Blonde that Reese Witherspoon wears, um, which turns out is a Playboy Playmate design. um, But I hope that people who celebrate Easter will Still, see it as a sign of respect. So uh, <laughs> you're welcome.
0: Maybe if you shaved your chest. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's it's
2: it's it's horrific, but uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, what has been your favorite distractions keeping you away from your writing lately, Heather? How about you?
4: Um, I just finished up watching, binge watching the TV series Bosch, which is a crime cops thriller, which led me into Bosch Legacy. So Ben found that and then watched hours and hours and hours on of it on time. Um, it's on Apple TV right now. And good. And it's I was sucked in. It okay. was excellent.
3: I've spent way too much time watching.
2: <laughs> I will have. I have not checked that one out yet. I will have checked that one out. Uh, Casey, how about you?
3: So I'm uh, I'm years late to the party on this, which is kind of true to fashion. But um, I just discovered True Detective, mm. and um, I watched like. All day, every day that I had time in the mm-hmm. last
2: week. And have you, how far into it are you? Two and a half seasons. Okay, so oh. two, Okay, two and a half. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm glad you're even here because the third season <laughs> was my favorite. That is, yeah, it's so good. The season, second season okay. I had to power through. Season man. four is coming. Really? really? Yeah. Oh, good. Jody Foster. good, good. Really? Mm-hmm. That's
3: exciting.
2: So, Luke, how about you? What's been distracting you?
5: Uh, I love video games, and I think we're in kind of a golden age right now of fresh ideas. So, uh I just am trying to finish the Dead Space remake and then I'm gonna move on to the Resident Evil Four remake. Oh yeah. Uh Mika, how about you?
0: So my son joke. and I uh, <laughs> have just joined a rock climbing gym. So if I'm not oh. scuba diving, uh we're rock climbing and I'm really, really bad at it. <laughs> but he's very patient and he make, I make sure he um ties my ropes appropriately so I don't fall.
2: Yeah, that's uh that yeah, that that could be <laughs> that's, that's a <laughs> lot of pressure. <laughs> lot of pressure, yeah. pressure
4: kid, Could but... be life changing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <Right. laughs>
1: yes. Jesse, how about you? Uh this week I got distracted with the second season of Slow Horses on Amazon Prime. Um something that Mark Teppo recommended, the McCarran Slow Horses series to me, and he told me over and over, you need to read these books. You're gonna love it, you're gonna love it. Gonna love it. I finally picked up the first one, I was like, Oh my god, I love this. Um so when they made a series with Gary Oldman, it's it's just fantastic. I love it if it's kind of a Cold War vibe, but it's modern day. But it's kind of like it's, I had... it's fun. Yes, it's so much fun. I didn't know, So it's great. at the
2: second season now.
1: Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That,
2: I, the first season was really, really good. I yeah. forgot that it was called Slow Horses. It has nothing to do with horses. <laughs> it's no. Spies and f- failed spies.
4: Failed spies. Yeah. Bosch yeah. might be on Prime too, or Netflix, or could be anyways. HBO Max. <laughs> I yeah. actually am not positive. About yeah. that one. <laughs> too much time on the streaming channels.
2: Well, you know that's that's how they get us. Uh, so, uh, what's a news story that's been pulling you away from your writing, Casey? How about you? What's a news story you've been into this last week?
3: So, okay. So, nationally, and this goes back to January, I've been like pretty high key obsessed with the Damar Hamlin recovery and kind of his journey since you know, collapsing on the field and um, and surviving. And um, but locally, we, uh, Heather and I, are from Grants Pass, and um, we had. Um, uh, I don't know what to call him, like a serial sadist oh, right. or whatever. Ben Foster, um, who was captured about a mile from my house, um, where he had uh, tried to murder a, a friend of ours named Justine's, and um, uh, she was just released from the hospital last week, and they did a um, a big benefit for her, and so I'm, I like to try to focus on the people who were affected more than the person who did the affecting. How is so she doing? She you know she has a really long road yeah. to go, but she's um she is better than they had hoped she would be at this point, but um you know it's it's uh all uphill.
2: Yeah. Oh wow.
5: Luke, how about you? Uh well, I've been distracted by a certain indictment that I'm very excited about. <laughs> um, <Same. laughs> what are you uh, other than that, uh, I'm always monitoring uh, announcements for screen adaptations, and often they're just, you know, oh, this has been optioned, and we can all get excited, and then it'll never happen. But still, uh, a few that I'll name that I've heard about recently are uh, Lone Woman by Victor Laval, uh, Guillermo del Toro is being rumored to do an adaptation of Frankenstein, and we got a Peter Pan adaptation coming up uh, with director David Lowry, who did The Green Knight. Oh, I'm so really interested to see how that that's would be turn a out. trip.
2: Yeah. Yeah, very different, maybe less kid friendly. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, Miko, how about you?
0: So, I don't really watch the news, um, but the things that hit my feed that I'm looking for are um, like the, the recent sun activities that have been creating these amazing aurora borealis all over the planet. Those are phenomenal. I just got back from Iceland. Uh, uh, we went to Iceland to actually see the auroras. And we didn't because it snowed the whole time. But once we got back, they're still super active. There's so much sun activity um, that about once or twice a month, they'll actually hit like a five or six on the on the whatever their scale is, zero to ten. So we were able to see them here, which was great. Oh, um, that's cool. The other cool thing that I follow is the James Webb Telescope. That is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I just love anything. So I'm always looking at the NASA site for what's coming out today. Yesterday they had the rings of Uranus. I didn't know they had Uranus rings on Uranus. And
2: I don't have the maturity to hear that without giggling. <laughs> I said
0: that just for you, and you disappointed me.
2: Uh, Jesse, how about you?
1: Um, I try to filter out news as much as possible, but uh, all of the uh, the recent attacks on trans rights and women's healthcare have been fracturing my news shield in a pretty big way. So that's that's the thing that I I'm like I should be writing, but oh oh no, what's happening? What's happening? So. I, That's been very upsetting.
2: Yes, it has been (laughs) downright scary. The case out of Texas uh, just yesterday, did you hear that? So, yeah, keep an eye on that because it's the kind of thing where, yeah, we want to say I don't want to be dwelling on this, but it hits a lot of people in in some very scary ways. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Heather, how about you?
4: Well, I don't really watch the news a lot. Um, I get a lot of my news from National Geographic. I feel like I love when I see the pictures open up and I'm like, oh, this is what I want to know about Mm -hmm. in my world um so recently i went down a really long rabbit hole on is your tap water safe to drink Mm. and the (laughs) science teacher in me was arguing with the science fiction writer in me as i delved into all of this i kind of looked at what are the common things in our drinking water like nitrates and arsenic and harmful byproducts from disinfectants and how tap water is regulated um the epa used regulations that are based on decades-old silence so that's
2: that's not terrifying at all um
4: and (laughs) then you throw in the new research about pfas um which are pollutants they're forever chemicals right Mm -hmm. and other unregulated contaminants and you've got yourself a great setting for a new sci-fi horror story so (laughs) uh you know all
1: based in real science today who needs the news it's our it's our outlet you know like it's
2: terrifying or i could make something out of this that's yeah should
1: we just be drinking wine then I, yes. I believe, yes.
2: Yes, uh, yes. No, 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 nothing added to that, so yeah, totally. <laughs> so. Uh, so what's a hobby that you've been uh, uh, engaged in that's also been keeping you away from your writing? Luke, how about you?
5: Well, I already mentioned video games. Um, I do play a lot of those, but I also like other kinds of games, and um, specifically tabletop RPGs, D&D, um, but these days, I find that I'm really loving to play in person because, right, we all played so many virtual games. <laughs> Those of us who are in the in the hobby, um, and yeah, just getting around a table and actually rolling physical dice—it's it's lovely. How
2: many games are you in?
5: I think I'm in three now. Oh wow,
2: that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's if if, if running two of them. Oh, okay. That's why. I was going to say, finding (laughs) somebody to run them is really hard. If you're willing to run them, it must be much easier to get a game going. That's true. I'll be the DM. Okay, then I'm in. Miko, how about you?
0: Um, Well, I am just getting ready. I just signed up for sailing lessons, which is something I've always wanted to do. Um, And I figured, you know, now's a good time because rock climbing and scuba diving aren't keeping me busy enough.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, that's great. Uh, Jesse, how about you?
1: Um, cycling. So my husband and I are actually planning a trip to Scotland and France and we're taking our bikes and we're going to bike all over the place and drink scotch and wine and bike. And it's, uh, it has been quite a few months since I've been on a bicycle. So this, I'm, what's keeping me away from riding lately is getting my bicycle resistance back up. And then of course, it's getting to be nicer weather. So it's mountain biking season again. So, Riding downhills real fast and then riding long distances. And which
2: do you prefer, the mountain biking or the street cycling?
1: I, you know what, I prefer mountain biking at this point. Um, I have always been kind of a recreational cyclist and a commuter, bike commuter, but um, there's no cars in the mountains. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've hurt myself way worse mountain biking than I've ever <laughs> <Yeah. done. laughs> um, But... At least you're not getting hit by a car. You're you're hocking yourself off something. Yeah, turn like, oh that, that was yeah, that was a bad choice.
2: <laughs> Heather, how about you?
1: Well, first let
4: me know how the tap water is over there.
2: <laughs> um, Scotland, yeah.
4: For me it's been creating curriculum. I know that can sound super boring, but I'm really excited. I've gotten involved with a new Ken Burns documentary and getting to work with his team uh, on creating curriculum for a new documentary on teen mental health has been super exciting for me right
2: now. I'm, I'm very excited. I know there are things you can't say, and it's exciting when you're in any position, you're going, I'm working on a project that's secret. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is very cool. Uh, Casey, how about you?
3: So um, I love to garden, and um, I am originally uh, Georgia-born, and I'm transplanted to Oregon. So the, um, the growing season is a little different, and um, I especially love growing tomatoes. And why all of that is important is because tomatoes are really fickle critters. And, um, you know, they need the right soil temperature and moisture and all that stuff. And as a Georgia girl, you know, we had a rule that was um, you don't put anything in the ground before Jesus, so you don't put plants in the ground before Easter. Um, but now in Oregon, they say don't do it before Mother's Day. And I was explaining this to my daughter. And so she goes, so you don't put anything in the ground before your mom? <laughs> 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 so has become the new rule. Uh, so it's uh, right now we're just prepping the soil and, you know, trying to, we try to do low till, but it's still, there's still a lot of work in making it right, even if you're not tilling it up. So.
2: That makes me feel better because I was my plan was that I would be doing all my planting during spring break uh, as a teacher. That's the time when I have time, and did not have time. But that would have been too soon anyway. Way too so soon. Yeah. that's good. I have to bury my mother first.
5: Yes. <laughs> I don't I like the them. way that sounds at all. That's, that's uh, hey, Cinda. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Bob. Um,
2: so daydreaming. What's something you've been thinking about when you aren't writing? I know that daydreaming is. Simultaneously, part of the process and also, you know, procrastination. But uh, what have you been daydreaming about, Mika? How about you?
0: So I, you know, creating a fantasy world. I do a lot of daydreaming. I have to run things through and how is this going to work? But the thing that's really captured my mind lately, I'm listening to a, a book called The Tao of Pooh, and so it's Taoist principles told through Winnie the Pooh types. Because it, it had to be dumbed down for me because I just I tried the Tao Te Ching and I couldn't get it, but. But it's really great. You know, the concept of everything being perfect in its own time. I really struggle with that. Um, So it's really I've spent a lot of time trying to apply it to all of those challenges that I have in my day. And, uh, you know, it's it's not bad. My stress levels are down, which is good. My blood pressure is moderately down. So we'll keep reading. (laughs) I loved that.
2: book. it it made it understandable for me as well. We read it in philosophy classes in college. Like it's it's really good. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, how about you?
1: Um, well, I mentioned the trip that my husband and I are planning, and that's been taking up a lot of the daydreaming time, watching, watching a lot of Rick Steves, you know, yeah. <laughs> just kind of thinking about where we're going to go and what we're going to do. So. Yeah, and this is fun.
2: after recently traveling.
1: Yes, yeah. So we recently went to Mexico for my 40th birthday, 40th birthday. to Mexico City. Yeah, thank you. Nah. Um, which I talked about on the, the other podcast. Previous podcast, five, yeah, so that's right, I won't but that talk sounds about like Mexico a great now. trip, yeah.
2: <laughs> the iffy. Uh, Heather.
4: I've been daydreaming about warm weather and beaches. Mm-hmm. Just want to be warm, and I want to be on a beach, and I want to have a drink in my hand. Nice. So, yeah. so
2: more Mexico than Scotland is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah.
3: yeah, or Iceland.
4: Yeah,
2: or Iceland. <laughs> Casey, how about you?
3: So like, I have three kids and they're young, and um, I in a previous life uh, I rode horses for a living, and um, I I've been daydreaming a little bit about being that brave again, the way that I the way that I was brave before I had kids and like what I would do and like, oh, I wish I could, you know, take this horse and go jump the back of a pickup truck or, and, or go jump that picnic table. I mean, we did really dumb things. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that's and brave, like, yes. About it and I know a lot of it was luck, but there's something kind of beautiful about it and I, I daydream about reclaiming it, but I'm not really sure how to do it outside of my head
4: just yet yeah
2: how to to forget the fact that you also have children yes
5: uh luke how about you so i have two dogs um one's a corgi one's a you know really beautiful uh german shepherd husky you know uh, chow chow mix and i walk them daily and i dream them and think a lot about my fiction on those walks but i also think a lot about them and how they perceive the world and i have a lot of questions that i wish i i knew and some of the things are like, uh, you know, what do they think of the weather? And do they think that when I get their raincoats out for them to put them on before we go outside, that I'm going to cause it to be wet out? Do they think <laughs> yeah. that that's within my power? We also take an elevator. And I'm like, what do they think happens on an elevator? Yeah. The door closes and then it opens and we're somewhere else. Okay. How do they even? conceive of that and there's a lot of interesting things like that when you start thinking about their perspectives do they think we're wizards yeah of some kind <laughs> gods just yesterday my fiance
2: was saying if she could have any superpower it would be the power to communicate with animals so that she could both hear about their perception of the world <laughs> and explain there's a reason I'm not giving you this chocolate. Like, it's, yeah. it's, you know, and I was like, of all the superpowers, that's the one you'd want is the ability <laughs> to like talk to Corgis. And she, absolutely. She was like, yep, that's, that would be my superpower. So you should compare notes. <laughs> what you would ask that Corgi. Uh, so announcements, what is coming up that uh, folks should know about you right now? Jesse? how about you?
1: Um. Let's see. So I've got... Yes, this is the big thing that I've been working on right now. It's uh, the Author Alchemy Summit, which is going to be in Portland, Oregon in 2024, in February of 2024. And it's going to be a small kind of marketing, how to reach your readers focused conference. So really focused on the business side of the writing and the author journey, um, much less less craft and things like that. But I just opened registration for it. um, And I am very excited. AuthorAlchemySummit.com.
2: You can find more information. I am excited to attend that one. Uh, Heather, how about you?
4: So I do get to tell you a little bit about the, the Ken Burns documentary I'm working on. It okay. is called Hiding in Plain Sight. It actually released in June of 2022. It debuted at the White House with the second showing at Congress. And what is so incredibly cool about it, it is teen mental health from the perspective of teens. The kids that are on it for are from 11 up into their, the majority of them up into their 20s. Um, and it really is their voices, which is so amazing. So it's on PBS right now. I recommend all of you. It's in two episodes or each about two hours long. If you have teens, if you like teens, if you support teens, care about teens, you should watch this video. Uh, yeah, so yeah. You, you again, say you
2: don't like the news, but that is incredibly timely, important. It
4: is. It is you know, the most right amazing now. thing. And if you've seen any of Ken Burns' documentaries, he is just so eloquent in the way that he puts things together. And it really is amazing. And to be able to work with that team has
3: been
2: Phenomenal. Oh, I bet. Uh, Casey, how about you?
3: Well, I hope you don't mind if I um, share this here. I guess stop me if you're like, yeah. But um, <laughs> so um, I have a fantasy uh, trilogy that um, you know has, has won awards and has been finalist for others and um, it's come out in a couple of renditions. But um, recently, uh, Not a Pipe has um, acquired the rights to them. And um, we have come up with a huge revamp plan that's just really going to do this story Um, a a level of justice that um, I am really, really excited about. And um, it's coming in at at a really good time for me professionally. And uh, I just, I am so excited for the opportunity to get to retell this um, in a whole new way and um, be a little bit more point blank about what it is I'm trying to do. So um, I'm just, I'm really thrilled about that. So I'm hoping the first book uh, will be out next year for kind of figuring things out, but um, uh, that will be coming
2: yes i'm very excited about that one i this is not a pipe show we're pretty (laughs) excited uh miko how about you
0: um well i've been working on the third and final novel in my trilogy which is exciting and also frustrating because i was struggling with structure Mm. i mean how to put it together in a way that ties up all the loose ends and makes sense so um i remember a couple of years ago when heather took scott meyer's class on screenwriting and how he put her through so many cool paces So I got his new book, Uh Um, and so I'm working on that, and that is actually phenomenal in helping me put pieces together in a way that makes sense so that in the next five years or so we can have that right right knitting. i mean if
2: you if you get a chance to read this series the first one took you 10 years right to yeah, do all it, that world building yeah. it is fantastic uh but i really like the structure of those but you were saying that they that came pretty naturally but the first couple of times Yeah, right? the I first
0: was... book i followed joseph campbell's mm. uh, hero's journey yeah. for, for 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 sure but the second one i just kind of wrote chronologically um which is fine book. but yeah it, you know, and these books aren't small. We're talking 600 no, pages. No, they're tomes, so <laughs> yeah. So it'll take me a little while to get all that together.
2: I am very excited yeah. for the third one of those. Uh, so uh, our ad break. Today we have Wait, two. Ben, you jumped me. Oh, <laughs> I skipped you. You're yeah. Fired. Go ahead.
5: <laughs> Sorry, I I only bring it up because I do want to mention my podcast, and that's what I'm excited about that's coming up. Um, we just covered a project that I feel like has been lurking since we started, and we would, we're, we're putting it off, putting it off, Finally, our patrons sort of banded together and voted for it, and we have these like quarterly polls where they can vote for stuff, and they got it in their heads. They wanted us to cover Twilight, so we just what? did that. We had actually had a, we had a good a bit of fun with it. Good. Um, our movie episode just came out on Thursday, this week, um, and then if that's not the kind of thing you're into, we're going to be covering The Fly coming up, which was based on a short story, and then we'll be getting to All Quiet on the Western Front nice. soon.
2: I, I, I try to make a point to never speak ill of any other authors, because you never know. I mean, I'm sitting on a panel with that person. But the one exception I make is Stephanie Meyer, because she's got so much money that she doesn't care. Right. Like It's not going to hurt her feelings at all. And so I guarantee you, I will like your podcast version better than I enjoyed those books. Uh, not, not a, so. uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so today we have two novels to advertise. Uh, first, today is the cover reveal and pre-order for the third novel in Nancy Ballard's under Carrico's Moon series, Tricky Ground. So, awesome. check out, yes, the, the beautiful cover uh, by Donna Gio that uh, you you should see. Go to all the Not a Pipe accounts and check out that cover, and then get yourself this thoroughly satisfying conclusion to that sci fi Western trilogy. And second, today is also the cover reveal for Karen Eisenbrae's Ego and Endurance. Uh, Karen is even here with us in today's audience. Mm-hmm. Woo! Uh, so, congratulate her after the show. Uh, she is the author of the Daughter of Magic Trilogy and the Saint Rage Duology, and now she has this hard sci-fi workplace rom-com survival story. I'll read that again. <laughs> hard sci-fi workplace rom-com survival story, inspired by the real history of Ernest Shackleton's failed Antarctic expedition. Uh, only in her version, it's in space, and there's a much more diverse cast, and they're lovable robots. So, it's better than Ernest Shackleton's, actual. This story.
1: is a great cover, Karen. Isn't it cool? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, So I want to ask all of you, Now you've got these two ideas, but uh, what what else is on your to read pile? Uh, Heather, how about you?
4: Okay, I know you said read first time, but mine is a reread because I find that books that I've read either in high school or college, reading them now and where I'm at now in my life, I get a much different look at them and diving into the deep dive that I've been doing into mental health. uh, My next one that I want to go back to is Ken Kesey's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm -hmm. And so that is um, my next read. I'm excited to read it now again and think about how I read it. I think I read it as a junior in high school. and that was the last time I read it. So I've read that one.
2: Yeah. And it will read very (laughs) differently, both in terms of your life experience, but also what we understand about mental health and how to treat mental health. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there there were ways it was problematic and now there are new ways that it's problematic. So that (laughs) that will be, that'll be a good one. Uh, Casey, how about you?
3: So um, Julia Heberlin is my favorite author, um, and she has a new one coming out in June. And I think it might be my little ADHD brain. new. If you have like an appointment during the day, then like you can't do anything else. And so this is the only book that I can really think about. Yeah. It's called Night Will Find You. It comes out in June. And um, I am obsessed. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, how about you? So most of my reading is devoted to the podcast, but in between our projects, I try and find time to read a lot of stuff that is applicable to whatever I'm writing at the time. Right now, I'm querying an adult sci-fi novel and I'm looking for comps. So I'm trying to get through some stuff that like I keep going in reading a few chapters, and then I have to go read something else. Um, but you know, there's one um, called The Mountain in the Sea by Ray Naylor. that's up for some awards right now that I'm that I'm loving. Um, but I need to finish. Um, there's a book called Persephone Station that people have recommended to me as a potential comp. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. And then, of course, uh, Gideon the Ninth is a book that I just keep hearing about. So I got to read mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying it. I started it out, but I'm like, ah, I got to go read now. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Stuff like that.
2: Comps yeah. <laughs> are so hard too. coming up. You they know, are. We see what is different. About our story, and so then you know when you have to say to an agent or a publisher, "Oh, these are the books that are like mine." All you're thinking is, except not really, No, not, <laughs> not in this way and that way. And yeah, that's, yeah, but that's that's a good way to do it. Is you know have other folks say, "Oh, you should read this. You should yeah. read that," and then you read them and go, "Not really, my but okay." Uh, Miko, how about you?
0: So I, I'm just going to plug Tricky Ground again. I just finished it. I loved Nancy Ballard's trilogy, all of it. It was phenomenal. She does such a great job of not only doing the action part, but what's going on inside of characters' bodies and and their emotions and how they deal with relationships. So I loved it. Uh, The next book on my list is called The Psychedelic Explorer's Guide by James Fadimans. So it's a a book about the um, shamanistic and medical benefits of LSD. And I've been on my own kind of psychedelic journey of healing with different substances, but I figured I better learn about this one before i start jumping in full Mm.
2: feet. and we were talking about i i just find the whole idea terrifying like i would have to start with the the smallest (laughs) doses i just think my imagination it would be so so but i am looking forward (laughs) to hearing how it goes for you i just i don't know that i've I've got it in me uh jesse how about you
1: um my tbr pile is constantly shifting and i was just down in the dealer's room and found these two books which are now going to the top um J.S. Feels, this was sold to me as lesbians in space. I said, yes, please. And then by William Tracy of Mycelium and Men, they learned on go. a there's fungus There there's a connection, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I saw both of those, and I was just like, all right, let's do it. So. Oh,
2: and that's like sci-fi mushroom. Yeah,
1: sci-fi mushrooms. The
2: biomass conflux. Ooh, that doesn't... <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. Now, yeah, now, check that, it now out. I'm going to have to add that to my list as Down well. Down in the dealer's room. <laughs> so now we've got some time for audience questions So, or or recommendations for procrastination. So <laughs> what are folks, uh, what did folks bring to share? Absolutely. Go for it. What's your favorite uh, uh, technique to get over your own procrastination when
5: you're like, I just have to get started?
2: yeah when you've just got to get back to it what's your over the way you overcome your procrastination
3: um i recommend um what, what what has worked for me recently is um before i do what it is that i'm supposed to do or avoiding doing is i find something small and very digestible and i do that first because sometimes what it is, is i just can't quite get started so um but there is a difference between like I am not in the headspace to do this today. I need to step away and get something else accomplished, and I'll come back to this. Um, and I'm just not. My motor hasn't started yet. You know, so if I just get a little moving and get something done, then I feel good, and then I eat chocolate, and then I can <laughs> <laughs> then I can move forward.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I'm like Heather. I actually look at National Geographic or Pinterest um, to get ideas of things that I can start working on and and sometimes i incorporate them and sometimes i don't incorporate them but but that's always really great fodder for creativity
1: yeah i like that i'm kind of refilling the creative well like trying to figure out what it is that you're trying what would inspire me to write that scene like sometimes if i'm like i i get stuck on action scenes cuz i don't like i don't visualize that in the same way that i will visualize like character conversations but all of your books can't be meetings they have to have some fun action bits in it. So I'll Google like motorcycle chase and then I'll just watch some YouTube videos of motorcycle cycle chase scenes. And then I'm like, yes, let's do it. So I, it's like a productive procrastination. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> idea.
5: Yeah, I mean, I start out with self-recrimination and guilt, <laughs> and you know, feeling really bad about myself. Um, but then I, I try and sort of diagnose why am I procrastinating on this thing? And is it that I've gotten bored with it? Is it that I'm afraid of it for some reason? Do I not think I know what happens next? Um, Or is it something in my day-to-day life that is, is pulling me away? You know, and once I understand why I'm procrastinating on it, it usually helps me get back into it. And as people said, like, find something small. Just open it up and write a paragraph and see if it goes from there. Yeah.
2: A lot of it for me is geography. I need to actually go to the place where the work needs to be done. And so I'm sitting in the living room and I'm watching TV and I know I need to just go up to my study and sit down in front of the computer and get that done. So um, I will turn to my son who's 18 and say, I really need to get my ass to work. And he's now helping because he'll say, get your ass to work. (laughs)
5: and then uh,
2: okay and then I get up and I and so once I get there then it's not a problem but you know finding that external uh motivator of someone who is willing to shout at you to go get your work done that that has worked well for me so I recommend having an 18 year old who will yell at you
4: (laughs) for me I use um a technique eat your frog first so it is prioritizing I often start thinking about all the different things I have to do. And then, and then I always want to, if it's something that needs to be done, I I think start breaking it down to all the parts and then the parts break down into parts and rabbit holes start again. (laughs) And so prioritizing, figuring out what is the one thing that I really don't want to do. Mark Twain said, if you eat a frog in the morning, everything else all day will taste great. So find your hardest thing, Look it. Also, down to make a list, and the one thing I really don't want to do—that's where I'm going to start because I know once I do that, then I get to do the other things on the list. Tricking your own brain, yeah,
0: visual great. of you eating frogs, everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, must not have been a fan of frog legs. <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. I, my understanding is that they just taste like chicken. chicken. I they start my do day do. with chicken, like, like a
5: rubbery something. chicken.
2: <laughs> what else?
0: Everybody yeah, you with the cool shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, in the in the context of starting new projects, creative or otherwise, how do you decide when it's too much?
4: Mm.
2: Like, I want to do this thing. I want to a mountain bike. I want to uh, uh, play another game. I want to, you know, run a fourth one or whatever. How do you decide? Like after... <laughs> so, how do you decide when a project is too much? Do
3: you mean like per like added on to everything else you have, or as itself?
1: A
2: new thing. Yeah, when it's a new project, that's I, a good. I question.
1: run it by my husband, and he says, "Don't you think you're doing far too many things already?" <laughs> and never heard that yet. yeah, and I say, "You're you're probably right." And then I go talk to Mark Teppo, and he says, "You should do it." And then I tend to do it. And then Rob's like, "You went and talked to Mark, didn't you?" I was like, "I did," <laughs> and I already said yes to it. So I, all that to say, I don't know. I don't know.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I think that things come across your path at different points in time in your life for specific reasons. I'm not a, I'm not a big believer in fate. I believe that we, our choices determine our consequences and where we go. But I also think that you meet people at certain times for certain reasons, things happen, things come across your plate. And that I say, take those on. I say, grasp it and run. And it might be something that you work on for a little while right now. And it goes to moves to the side of your plate and it comes back later but boy, the opportunities that are out there, they're hard to pass up when you know that
3: it could be something incredible. So I just say, go for it. Put it, make it your new frog, <laughs> nice. you know. Well, there's nothing to say that you could start it, you know, and if it's not working, you can stop, too.
0: But really? Yeah. You <laughs> I need no to work well on to that.
3: You can put it down, you know. But um, And then we, in Southern Oregon, we have two very distinct seasons. You know, it's either dry and hot or you know it's mud it's rain so I try to write in the winter and then I still do work courses and and get them um, bought and sold so then I try to do more of them and the gardening in the summer so I try to live my kind of my life in two seasons and uh, pick up and put things
0: down accordingly. Yeah I find that I'm very regimented in my schedule um, I have discipline from time in the military. That really helped grow me up. And, and, so that's your
2: and, advice. Join the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. Literally a Marine. No, but it really, it really <laughs>
0: helped me. Um, so I have the very same schedule. I get up at the same time. I work out at the same time. I do the same kind of thing. And so I write on this day at this time every week. And I, I have a schedule for my sailing. And I have a schedule for diving. And I have a schedule for rock climbing because they're only open. So I'm very regimented that way during the week. And then the weekends are you know, whatever. But... But that's how I get stuff done, um, you know, being a mom and a, and a full time other thing. And, you know,
2: social worker. I, I <laughs> envy I that. I, I the only thing I schedule is Luke's self-recrimination. Yeah, like, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I wish I was doing this as, as effectively as you are. But
5: you all sound so put together and you have all these plans and you, <laughs> you have a regimented life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I do cost benefit. What 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 am I going to have to take time away from to do this? And then, you know, I don't know, I flail (laughs) because it's hard. To
1: to add on to the scheduling thing and be a little less flippant than I just take too much on. um, There is a great rule that Charlie Gilkey has. He runs Productive Flourishing. It's an awesome website about productivity. And he has the five project rule. Basically, you can only practically work on five things at once. Um, But you have to remember that a lot, some of those projects are going to be taken up by your day job or your family or caretaking. And so when you look at things that way and you say, and I literally have post-its that are like, and this is what I'm focusing on now. I have post-its of things that I want to do, but I can only have five post-its. Well, that's me trying to break the five project rule because I should only have three post-its in the like what I'm focusing on because other two post-its slots are life things. Um, So if you kind of visualizing or scheduling, like you were saying, like, if it doesn't fit into your schedule, you can't take it on. Right, that's exactly how I decide. Yeah. If I can't fit it in, then I don't do it. If it doesn't fit in a post it slot, I can't do it. So <laughs>
5: yeah. listen to Jesse.
1: Realize too
4: that sometimes. What you're working on right now, it's okay to set that aside to work on something else too. Move the blankets around. I might have a publisher who's been asking when my next book is going to be done. <laughs> and fiction just, I've been struggling with fiction right now. And then this great opportunity to work on nonfiction came in. And of course, as soon as I start working on the nonfiction, all the fiction characters come right back into my brain again and are there ready to start writing in. But sometimes even just changing it up and starting a new project will reinvigorate an old project as well. Wow.
2: Yeah, I certainly know it can
3: be inspiration. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Great question. Anybody else? Yes.
0: Uh, is there a particular tool or prop or something that you absolutely have to have in order to do
1: your prep?
2: Tool or prop. Good Pencil question.
1: and
3: paper. And I mean that literally. Like I um I think a lot better if my fingers are moving. Um, So I'll either doodle. I do a lot of uh, pencil to paper for first draft um, just because I draw arrows everywhere. It's not neat and tidy. It's a hot mess, um, but it helps everything get down. And um, I had had to meet the therapist after I was diagnosed with off-the-charts ADHD. And uh, she was asking me, like, how do you, what do you do if you're stuck? Like, what what are you doing? And I was like, usually I have a bowl of chocolate-covered almonds. You know and um and it'll get to where i think that i shrunk my jeans in the wash but really i just ate five pounds of chocolate covered almonds trying to find a happy place um so she said what you're doing is it's, it's a tactile reward so it's, it's all about holding something or being able to to scribble even so that has been a total game changer and it sounds so dumb in kindergarten or whatever but it
0: absolutely works oh no fidgets, fidgets are a thing for a reason i, mean, I, have, you know, I have spinner
2: yeah. rings because I get anxious when I'm standing up in front of you know 30, 15 year olds, because they're dangerous, uh, <laughs> and and so I've got my fidgets all the time. Yeah, it's that's that's real.
0: Yeah, for me, I have to be moving, but not like I can't I can't be driving. So being a passenger to have the movement going past me to keep my brain engaged to the point that I can focus on something else, because I probably have a little touch of it, you know. <laughs> cycle brain. Um so so <laughs> I can't always be a passenger and I can't always be on a train. So I have a big window and I have a rocking chair. And so that's the movement that I absolutely oh, have to oh. have in order to keep those juices going. And and so I have the movement and my body's doing something and that frees my mind up for for whatever reason I have to have that other track running. So it has to be movement of some sort. Yeah. I sat on a yoga ball for a while. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. yeah.
2: How many of you are paper and pencil or pen and paper writers, and how many of you are computer people? Definitely Definitely computer. I can't
5: read my own handwriting. Yeah, my my handwriting is –
2: so I found – this was a a kind of discovery during the pandemic. I write novels on the computer. I write poetry on my phone, which I think Hmm. people would just find just appalling. Like, really? But it's because then I can do it when I'm out and about. The poem hits me and boom. It, I, it doesn't matter where I am. Oh yeah, I've always got my phone. And so it's not inaccessible ever. Uh, whereas I know some people, you know, that's why they've always got a notepad. My phone is that notepad. But that has that allowed a person who is limited to a computer for writing to always have a computer on hand. So that's, but but it is interesting. I'll literally be sitting at my computer and an idea for a poem comes and I pull out my phone. And the, the poem's on the phone. So yeah, it's it's a weird compartmentalization thing that's going on for me.
5: I listen to music. It uh, helps me like kind of get that flow state that I'm always chasing. I also have ADHD and I found that flow state is the thing that can really get me to be productive. And for whatever reason, I have to listen to music, but it has to have no words in it. Um, that's very particular. So I have, you know, 12 hour long playlists um, divided into different sort of moods and, and uh, vibes because it also has to kind of match what I'm writing. Mm-hmm. So I'm very particular about that and I have to do it.
2: Yeah, I, I have to have something with words that I know well enough that the words are not distracting. Oh, so no. it's stuff that's... can't even do that. You know, I, I can literally <laughs> sing along well, writing as long as... And it, again, it does have to be the mood of the... But I could be singing, which is terribly annoying to my family, I'm sure. But I'm singing, but I am not thinking about those lyrics at all because it's some song that I've, you know, been listening to since I was a child
0: or whatever. Sounds like we all kind of have that. You have to have some other trap going on in the background. Yeah,
5: yeah, find the thing for yourself that is your thing. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I need quiet. Okay. <laughs> She's the anomaly. In that. No, that's legit. Like, <laughs> for simple, me, you know. the one thing I have to have is I, when I am in the middle of a writing project, I have to keep a list of my questions because I am, I rabbit hole, I'll hit the, I'll hit that question and then take off and leave my project. So I have a notebook of questions. And then every once in a while I go back and mark off the questions that have now been answered in the writing project, <laughs> whether it's fiction and the answers come in the story. Or at the end of the project, will go back and look at it. Did I answer all the questions or were some of them not meant to be answered in that piece of writing? But it for me, just being able, I hit a question, write it down, and then for some reason I can move on.
2: So the last thing, I do need to, to thank some folks. First of all, thanks to the people who are the organizers here at NorwestCon. Let's all give them a hand. Thank you to our live audience of beautiful nerds. Uh, thanks to the artist Max Oakland, who reached out and provided one of his songs for our intro. I prefer the Dusk. Let Max know uh, that you like it by following him at Max Oakland with three Ds on Twitter. Uh, thanks to Halizna CCO for their song Kids for the ad break. Uh, if you're in a band and you want to submit something for us to use in the show, I would love it. Thanks to Doug, the producer, for making the show sound good and taking the blame when it doesn't. Everybody Woo! give Doug a try. And I cannot forget to mention that Writers Not Writing is a production of Not A Pipe Publishing, so please go to notapipepublishing.com or come down to the booth uh, and check out the amazing books written by writers who didn't procrastinate too much. If you like the show, rate and review it wherever you found it. Please check out all these great authors and rate and review their work as well. Uh, and rate and review the show. I will not say smash that like button because I'm old and that sounds weird, but uh, <laughs> gently tap on it an odd number of times. Uh, and then if you could... Uh, 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 thank our fantastic panelists one last time. And that's it. Thank you all for being here.
3: If I
4: take my time, I make of my mind.